0: Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Kiersey Basin. Kiersey is a former corporate employee who became a certified health coach after collapsing from exhaustion. She's the author of Recharge, Find Joy, Boost Your Energy, Take Charge of Your Health. She is a health expert member of Dr. Oz's Share Care Community of top-ranking health experts. She was invited to become a contributor to HuffPost and Thrive Global by Arianna Huffington herself, she partners with a variety of organizations from small startups to Fortune 100 companies like AIG and IBM teaching their employees about self-care. So why is it that we could be so great at giving love, kindness, respect, and care to everyone else, yet we often find it so challenging to give it to ourselves? My guest, Kirsi Pacine is going to be sharing her story of why she was so driven to excel, what it caused, and what she did to change it. You're going to learn about slowing down, patience, and finding your own particular recipe to show yourself you matter, you're important, and you need self-care. Here's Kiersey. Okay, everybody, we have my friend Kirsi Pasine with us today, and we're going to be talking all about self-care. And do you know why? because we don't do nearly enough of it. So I brought in the expert who's gonna share everything she can all about self-care. Welcome, Kiersey.
1: Oh, thank you. Hi, it's great to be here.
0: Thank you so much. So we're, we're, we're glad you're here. So give us, first, let's get started. Why is that your topic? Where well, you I think that's from?
1: a great question. So this actually comes from my own personal story. So back in the day, before I started getting into self-care and to health and well being. I used to be in the corporate world. So I was what I would call like the energizer rabbit. I just kept going and going. So at the time I was working for a leading global company. I had three roles at the same time and two of them were international. So for one, I was traveling to another country every week. And the second one, I was traveling about every two to three months. So there were times when I was literally triple booked in three different countries at the same time. And at the Like in the beginning, I thought, well, this is just what I have to do. This is what it takes to, you know, move up in my career. And that's what I need to do. And I didn't think much of it. Um, So I kept going and going until about a couple years later, I was in the middle of a conversation. It was midday. And the next thing I know, I'm on the floor. I just collapsed. And that was my wake up call. I realized, what I'm doing, the way I'm living my life, what I'm doing to myself is not working.
0: I had collapsed from exhaustion. You, you know, and it reminds me so much of, I remember reading in Ariana Huffington's book, how she collapsed and hit her head on, the, on her desk, yeah. right? And fell to the floor. And it sounds like this is, this is what we do. Why is it that we push ourselves to this point of exhaustion?
1: Well that really was the issue with me. It was really coming down to a matter of self-care, but going deeper than what we well what I see people look at as or like think of it as, it's not just about pampering yourself and indulging in what you think is good for you. I did that. I was doing that. I thought I was doing good to my body. I was going to the gym on a regular basis. I was trying to eat healthy. I You know, I was reading all these health magazines thinking that I know the latest and greatest, right? But it just wasn't there. I mean, I had to go deeper. And that's what I think self-care really is. It goes deeper into understanding who we are and embracing ourselves, loving ourselves for every part of us
0: and you know i love the i love that you said that about loving ourselves because sometimes now i know i don't know if this is the case with you and you can you can let me know so often we drive ourselves because there is like a lack of self-love. So it's almost like, well, I have to prove how worthy and deserving I am. I have to prove how good I am. I have to validate to myself and everybody else that I'm worthy and deserving and lovable and all those things. Was that, that was the case for you? Yes. You totally hit it on the nail on the head
1: because that was what was driving me. I had to be perfect. I had to excel at work. I had to not just at work, but well beyond that, with my relationships, with my family, with My hobbies, everything, it had to look perfect on the outside. But inside, I just wasn't feeling it. It Mm. just didn't add to much. It was just leaving me drained and more exhausted and more of a failure in my eyes. Like I just, it just wasn't enough. And like you said, it all comes back to really loving yourself and knowing I am good enough.
0: You know, it's a really hard thing too, because it's one thing if we, we have a habit that we know is really harmful and we say, okay, listen, I'm making a choice to do this. I know it's not good for me. But when we're doing something like work, right, you're you're doing what you think you're supposed to do. So it's a, it's a hard thing to say, well, here I am pushing myself in this way, but it's working against me, right? It's almost like if you were D- drinking or taking drugs like it's pretty obvious you know you're doing that and it's and it's really going to cause some massive damage and i think that so many of us don't realize that we're using so often work in that same way i see it where we're using work to i know that was my you know method of mass distraction to numb avoid distract yeah. myself from something we're unwilling to feel or face so we do this because we're good at it we get validation from it it makes us feel like oh look how good i am but it's not without a price oh definitely absolutely and i mean i think a lot of
1: people can relate to my story i've told that many many times in with the different organizations that i've worked with and primarily employees that are either going through something similar or even at the very point that i was at when just before my collapse happened where it's about, to me, slowing down. And that would really be one of the biggest pieces pieces of advice that I would give to people. Even now, I mean, people may think, you could think that, yes, we're in a pandemic, things are slowing down by default, but I don't think that mentality has slowed down of us needing to slow down. We just keep coming up with more stuff that we think we need to do and that we want to do as well we we try to cram in so much into our day and just the beauty of it and the, the i think the satisfaction of doing deep self care is knowing that you can
0: pull back sometimes and just be now i'm going to bring this up because i know this was the case with me forever for so long if I wasn't being productive, and I grew up this way. So this is, this was the belief system that I had to absolutely rewire. If I wasn't being productive, I was lazy. And the guilt I felt, the guilt mm-hmm. I felt if I wasn't working, if I wasn't producing, if I wasn't, you know, accomplishing something uh, really was, was just the driving force behind it so much. And it was absolutely exhausting. And then if I, and I, Cognitively, you know, intellectually, I knew, oh well, you do you need some downtime, but I would feel so guilty, so guilty, mm. taking some time off. And I, and I imagine that I have a lot of listeners who, and, and people watching who may agree. What do you say to that person? That, that person who's like, "I really want to. it sounds really good, but I, I just can't get past the guilt. I, mean, I feel like I'm just such a bum. I feel so lazy. Right. And I, I can relate to that, too. I have been there. I'm very much
1: like you. I still get feelings of that, I have to admit, Mm -hmm. that I feel like I'm very much like you that I feel like I need to be doing something to feel almost validated, to feel like I'm not lazy, because that bugs me. I feel guilty if I'm not doing, doing, because I think it goes beyond that. It's also, um, it's like what you see around you because you see so many people who are busy, people always complain, or I don't know if it's not in a complaint necessarily, but there's always saying, I'm busy, busy, busy. Or like in my case, it was modeled in my family. My dad was a workaholic. And to the point where he even suffered from a massive stroke because of all that stress. Um, and this happened just six months after I collapsed. Wow. You know, so I mean, there's, there's obviously like a pattern here going on with my, like my background. I'm sure some people can relate with that as well. Uh, and it's a good question that you pose, well, what do you do if you do feel this guilt? Yeah. And my answer would be just start slow. I mean, you have to start somewhere. I'm not telling you, you have to take 30 minutes off, but even a minute of being, just being and taking that break, taking a pause and taking a nice deep breath and being with yourself. It doesn't. You don't, you don't have to validate yourself. You don't have to do anything. You are beautiful and perfect the way you are. And just Be in that moment with yourself, as simple as it may sound. It is very profound and it's a matter of building up on that. So do it
0: every single day. I I love that you're saying even a minute because it's, I mean, that's doable. If we can't find a minute in our day, come on. I mean, what's happening? And you know, it's interesting. That was actually one of the, this whole guilt thing. I think I'm just wired that way. And uh, it's a lifetime of rewiring. um, Was one of the reasons why I was so drawn to journaling. With meditating, again, here I am. I'm like, I'm just sitting here and nothing's happening. (laughs) And somehow when I felt like I was, when I was journaling, I felt like, oh, stuff is happening, but I'm actually doing something. So maybe for the type AAAs like me, you know, you want to do something that is helping the being if, if that's if that's something so one minute so you're saying one minute yeah. to breathe to mm-hmm. to, to just be yeah present. I would even
1: say just start being present in that moment um, if you can just be that would be I think the most ideal starting point without writing you don't have to meditate I mean to me meditation is what goes well beyond the typical definition that we have of meditation or perception that we have that we have to somehow like sit on a nice really comfy cushion we'll have our legs crossed and just like chant we don't have to do that or you don't have to do a guided meditation you don't have to do any of that you can there are so many ways to get into that relaxed state when it comes to meditation all i'm asking you to do is just be still that to me is also a form of meditation but it's a very powerful form of meditation. Because you're just, for lack of a better word, you're just being present mm-hmm. for whatever comes and whatever you are feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. Any feeling is good, it's fine, it's okay. And it sounds like it's, it's really a mindfulness practice. It's being, you know, being present, mm-hmm. just focusing in on what is it that you're experiencing in that moment without becoming attached. Exactly. I think that's a really good way
1: of looking at it. I like to use the, mindful, the word mindful, like kind of sparingly, because I know some people automatically go down this certain route thinking, oh, that's mindfulness. Okay, that's the way it is. And that's, I mean, the father of mindfulness, John kabat zinn said, there is no perfect way of being mindful. There's no perfect practice. There's no perfect mindful person. So I don't want to put people into thinking that they have to be in this box. Mm-hmm. When it comes to mindfulness. But if that's a word that works for you and you embrace that, then that's a great way of putting it. Um, but I like to think of it as just more than that. It's, it's just being with yourself, mm. being aware. And that's really kind of going back to mindfulness. That's what it is defined as being present.
0: So, how do you know if it's working? What, like in your, in your experience, so you, you collapsed and then. What happened next? Did you realize, holy moly, I am just driving myself into the ground right here? I need to do something yeah. different. Like, take us through your journey and how you okay. knew you know, the changes you needed to make.
1: Absolutely. So, I think that's a
0: good question. And I just want to say
1: before I get into my journey, <laughs> everyone's journey is going to be different. Okay. Mine has, is still an ongoing journey. This never ends, in my opinion. Um, I'm just so thankful that the day I collapsed, I actually came across a meditation demo. And like I said, everyone can do their own form of meditation. I'm not saying there has to be one or the other or even meditation per se. Um, But I came across a demo that just was medicine to me. I can't put it any other way. It was so profound the way it worked on me that after listening to the demo, I called the company. I'm like, get this to me right away. Do you
0: remember (laughs) the name of it?
1: um, this was, yeah, this is something called Holosync.
0: Oh, sure. So, yeah.
1: So I used Holosync and that, and you may know a little bit about the background, the science of it. It's not, you're actually listening to brain wavelengths in that CD or at the time it was a CD when I got The, the 12 pack,
0: right? It was yeah. a whole big thing. I had it. I know. I got it. It was wonderful. <laughs> it
1: was. Yeah. It was such a lifesaver, at least for me uh-huh. at that point in time. Because that was because the problem, too, I forgot to mention, was that I wasn't sleeping right. When I had all these issues at work or the stress that kept piling, piling, piling on, I was not sleeping right. I had insomnia and I would just kind of toss and turn all night. But this was the one thing that got me sleeping like a baby. And I woke up like I was reborn. It was wow. incredible. So that worked for me really well. And I know from the people I've worked with and others that they say, okay, well, yeah, that is okay for me, but you know, they found something else that works even better for them. Mm-hmm. So like I said, it's always a little bit more individual, but that was my starting point. I just found that. And I was so grateful that it came like, I don't even know how I came across it, but it just came like dropped into my lap. I used it, it worked great, but that was just the beginning. I mean, that was great to sort of get myself, like, yeah, kind of pick myself up again. Uh, but and like and before
0: said, you, yeah, and before you go on with that, just so I, just so I share it with everybody, Holosync is that it's the binaural beats. Is that what it is? Where it's like you're, you're sort of um, doing things with your left hemisphere and the right hemisphere of your brain. And yeah, absolutely. Sounds. So
1: yeah, so the way it works is that the brain brain wavelengths that you actually don't hear, but your brain is picking up on is going through one hemisphere to the next. So it's connecting the brain in ways that it's never been connected before, which is very cool because in a way it makes your brain more efficient.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they say, you know, you could be experiencing, well, you know, ups and downs as you go through the process of going through these CDs or the levels. Like it's not like every day is gonna feel like a high, but it's just a matter of your brain is sort of like just becoming more like a well-oiled machine.
0: Beautiful. I remember that series where it was like you have to do like the first one for a while and then after a certain amount of time you go right. to the next one and the next one and the next one, which is one, you know, it's, it's, it's great and it definitely works for some people. Uh, I, I remember liking it. I, I, maybe I just didn't stick with it long enough. I don't know. So, um, so okay, so that was something that, that was the first thing that really worked for you. What was the difference in how you felt from before you started with that and what did you notice? I was reborn. I, I just felt
1: incredibly good. Mm-hmm. It was that game changing for me yeah. personally, even from just the demo. Because after listening to the demo, I could sleep six hours straight. That's, that's what amazing. happened to me, wow. and amazing. it was just incredible. I that's why I when I called the company, I'm like, I need this right away. Can you expedite? Mm-hmm. It? <laughs> i have a CD. I need it now. Um, so that was like the first, very first leg of the journey for me. Um, but then I decided I need to know more and understand a little bit more about what's going on. Um, doctors didn't have answers for me. So I will typically say, at least back then they said it was just, it's either your brain or your heart and mine were fine. Um, so I had to find answers for myself and I decided then to enroll into health coaching school, which is what I did just because it gave a little bit of a deeper or better understanding of a holistic approach, Mm -hmm. which spoke to me because I thought, well, obviously the gym and the workouts are not enough (laughs) or they're doing something. I don't know what. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I was eating healthy. So I need to know more, like what's going on beneath the surface. So that then started another journey and to understanding, well, what, do, what works for me in my body? Because every body everybody is different.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what I came to understand and appreciate and learn more about. You know what I love about this too?
0: What I see so consistently is when we're on that path to healing, we search for our own recipe of what's going to work for us. And it is so different. It usually has the same major pieces, but someone's meditation is different than another person's, but meditation is huge. Someone's eating habits change, but what they were, you know, what was what foods weren't resonating may be different. And what they've included, what they've added, you know, is a little bit different. But it's it's like we create this our own recipe. Were there certain foods that you just weren't tolerating well and you exchanged them for other ones?
1: Yeah, so that's, that's a great question. So my journey with food has been a long one. And um, it started, obviously, back when I had these issues. And when I collapsed, I was eating a pretty standard American diet. I mean, not that I was eating like, uh, no, special K every morning or something, not processed food. But, you know, I was eating gluten, I was eating dairy, I was eating um, a lot of these foods that I know can cause issues with people. And I didn't realize, I didn't know that back in the day, because everywhere else, people say, it's fine, you can just eat those foods, and they're not going to cause any problems. So I did take gluten out eventually from my diet. That was a process. It wasn't necessarily easy for me, because I'd you know, eaten gluten ever since I, was, I can remember, mm-hmm. You know, necessarily not having a cookie here or there, or pizza, which was my favorite. It was like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> or dairy, because I love ice cream um but i would just say this that there is definitely ways around it and once i you know there are substitutes for these foods and there are things that um once you start eating cleaner even cleaner than what i had been eating because i ate a lot of salads before
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um you know i switched more to organic i did more of like this local food and all that um that has helped um, in the last, very last year or so, I've got taken my eating to a completely different level where I've had very profound like healing experiences physically just from changing my diet even more. So I used to do paleo, it was hardcore paleo. But I discovered that a, a specific vegan diet, it's not even vegan actually because I have honey, um, but a very 100% plant-based diet with low fat and um, certain other things and gluten-free, dairy-free obviously, um, has taken my health even like way up here. It's incredible.
0: You know, I I love your willingness to experiment because so often we say, oh, paleo, that's what we should do. Or, oh, vegetarianism, that's what we should do. And everybody's body is different. Everybody's, you know, it's, we need different things. So we can try something and it could work so beautifully for one person and not work well for us at all. So it's great to just, your body knows, your body's going to tell you if it's mm. working or, or if it's not. And it can start with just these simple changes. And then you see how you, you know, how you feel and then move, you know, move more in one direction or the next. So, so it, you started with the hollow sink and then you said that just changed your life. You're feeling so much better. Just getting sleep changes your whole life, right? And then yeah. from there, you started experimenting a little bit with food. And what was the difference you felt then? Was it more energy? Was it clarity? What, what did you feel?
1: Uh, yeah, I think my brain fog started clearing up a bit more. Certainly, like, I know that gluten definitely does that. It makes me sort of uh, wonky. Like, I get dizzy sometimes, even just having gluten and things like that. So it's more like a neurological sensation that I can get from it. Mm -hmm. Um, Similar with dairy, I feel like I'm a little bit, it just never really quite agreed with me. Um, So once I got those out, yeah, I did start feeling better. And then, like I said, now in the past year, now that I've changed that up even more, like, especially going 100% plant-based, um, it's, it's incredible. Like, some symptoms have, like, I still have experienced brain fog, even mm-hmm. though I was on a paleo diet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now, because of the things that I'm incorporating into my diet, like the different fruits and things, I don't have brain fog anymore.
0: Yeah. So I, it's, it's incredible yeah which is so great and it 's just a, a such a wonderful reminder that everybody 's body is different and then and and also, I want everybody to to hear this how it 's incremental you know it's one change leads to the next leads to the next so so you noticed a difference, and um you know what I also love about this. You're talking about self-care, and and I think you know some of us think, well, oh, self-care is getting our nails done or having a massage and those types of things. But making these changes in your in your diet, you know, getting the sleep you need, doing the meditations. I mean, this is self-care. This is saying, hey, mm-hmm. body, you're important enough that I want you to feel good. What do you need? <laughs> and, yeah, and listening absolutely. and seeing and seeing what shows yeah. up. So, so you sound like you're, so it led to greater clarity and you're feeling better and your brain fog is gone. So what other what other ways of self-care did you implement? Was there anything else that you started to do? Yeah, and it wouldn't be
1: as obvious necessarily because I like to talk about things that are not necessarily as, um, as popular <laughs> in, in our like known media. So one of the things that I would definitely recommend people do, and I know this is something I, I still work on, is patience. Mm. Because everything that I did up until now, and it's still ongoing, requires patience. Like even making some, like in the beginning especially, because some of these dietary changes were radical to me, just getting off gluten, just getting off dairy, because they didn't work for me. And I'm not saying everyone should. No, not at all. But I know that's what my body needed. And that's where I got the most benefit. So it had to, I had to overcome those cravings. Those like in a way kind of an addiction, like this urge, like, oh my God, I want the ice cream. Instead of thinking, well, you know, how am I really gonna feel after this? And is this really what my body is going to soak up in love? Like, no. (laughs) It's gonna like spit it out and be like, Yuck. (laughs) Like, what are you doing to me? So it's a matter of understanding like just what you said, like. Your needs versus your wants, because those are very two different things.
0: Oh, I love that. Needs versus wants. That's really powerful. So let's talk a little bit more about patients because, you know, here the community that is listening and, and watching is struggling, is, is either struggling to heal from a betrayal or they're, they've sort of resigned themselves to, to thinking, well, they've survived their experience. That's as good as it gets. Where does patients come into that? Where could, oh, could patients really serve them?
1: it's everywhere. It's in part of that whole process because to get from point A to point B to C to all the way down to Z or wherever it takes you, it's going to require patience because that stuff, nothing happens in a day. Even though, of course, there are things that can happen within seconds, like we download an attachment, we're, we're conditioned to think life is like this now. We just go onto to the internet, we click one button, bam, the next day we have a package at our door right but things just don't always happen that way and especially when it comes to us as physical beings as animals like we you don't grow up in one day your body develops and grows from the time you're born to whenever you you know become an adult and beyond i mean your brain even starts continues to develop well into your 20s so i mean you can't think of it as something that's going to happen in or even a healing process like in my case, like just collapsing from exhaustion, this happened 10 years ago. But I'm still on this journey of going into deeper and deeper like wellness.
0: Mm.
1: It's very important to me. So patience plays a huge
0: role in being able to navigate that journey. So patience is important. How do we cultivate more of it?
1: That's a great question. So this has actually been studied we know that it's possible to cultivate more patience. And just to give you an idea of all the benefits of being more patient, it goes beyond just helping you achieve your goals, which actually patient people do better at achieving their goals. Um, But even on a physical level and a mental level, patient people are usually less prone to depression, less prone to negative feelings, which helps along the way. Obviously, you want to keep yourself in a positive state of mind when you're going through all of this that you're going through, all the ups and the downs. And also what they found is that patient people usually put more effort into their like into their goals. So mm-hmm. they're even more satisfied at the end with their results. And That's just going. Yeah, it's very interesting the studies that they've done. Um, so just going back to your question again about how to cultivate it. So there's been a study that they did with a group of people to cultivate more patients. And yes, type A people tend to be less patient. They have more health issues usually, like they have trouble sleeping, um, which was very much my case. (laughs) Um, So I understand all type A people out there. Um, But yeah, they're the ones who can benefit, I think the most from when it comes to some, like from cultivating more patients. So there are basically four things that you have to do to cultivate more patience. So the first thing is to become more aware of your own feelings and what triggered them. Second is controlling your feelings. The third is, surprise, surprise, meditation, which is what we talked about. Um, And then fourthly, we have to cultivate more empathy or be more empathetic.
0: So that's to have more patience.
1: Hmm. Yes, to cultivate more patience. So what was really interesting is that they, with this group of people that they uh, took to help them with their patience, in just two weeks of doing exercises around these four things, they became more patient. And they even had better interpersonal patience. So I think it's important to also cultivate patience because you're not living a life all by yourself. There are other people other groups and organizations you're interacting with. And I feel like in today's climate, we're just finding more to argue about. And I think patients can also help with that because it's about being patient with other people's points of view, with the way they think, what they do, because it may not match ours, but it's important to also have that ability to be patient with them, Maybe you're never going to be, you're never going to see eye to eye, and that's fine.
0: But it also includes involves patience. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely. And I, I remember uh, Wayne Dyer. We, I just so miss him. But I remember him saying, "Would you rather be right, or would you rather be happy?" You know. And sometimes yeah. it's just cultivating that patience can make us happy versus having mm-hmm. to prove ourselves and you know exhaust ourselves, getting to the the answer first or making sure we're heard or whatever. Uh, I think that's a really good, a really exactly. good practice.
1: Exactly. That's, that's, that's a great example of just maybe sitting back, listening to what the other person says. Let them be heard because everybody in our world wants to be heard, no matter what their position is in life or on political, religious, whatever matters. Mm. Right? Yeah. Give them a chance to say what they want to say and be patient with that. Yeah, and, and
0: just then, listen.
1: Yeah. It's so powerful. Beautiful. It's so powerful.
0: What do you want to make sure everybody knows as we wrap up?
1: Um, patience is very doable. And there is, before we end the conversation, there is a simple meditation that you can do. It's called loving kindness. Oh, um, if you're familiar with that, I'll just quickly go through it. Mm-hmm. So basically it's you're just sitting in a comfortable position wherever you are thinking this in three parts. So there's a certain pattern that you have to go through of thinking and the first part of it is you're directing this thinking towards yourself. So you think, may I be happy or whatever, fill in the blank. May I be, fill in the blank. Could be happy, successful, uh, you know, healthy, whatever it is, right? And the next part is going to be directed towards somebody else that you know, that you is a friend, family member, or someone you love. So you're going to think that for them in this meditation. And then the third part is actually going to be for someone you do not like. And that can be the trickiest because a lot of people don't readily want to give good thoughts (laughs) about other people they don't like. And that's where this meditation is uh, so beneficial because you have to actually start believing that third part before you can finish it. So you go back to one and two enough times before you start feeling maybe just a little bit of that empathy or love or kindness towards a person that you don't like or don't appreciate.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And what I would recommend too is if you're not ready to do that with your betrayer, everybody, do it with someone who cut you off on the highway or something like that. Start, start where you can. Um, and I, it's, I love that meditation. Thank you so much for sharing that. Where do we go to learn more about you? Well, you can go
1: to my website, which is rechargethebook.com. And there you can find more information about me.
0: Wonderful. Kiersey, you, you shared so much wisdom with us. Um, just such a wonderful reminder to practice more patience, create our own recipe for what's going to work for us, but just that, that it's a process, but a process that's so worth it because the more we care for ourselves, the better we are and the better we are for everybody. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. I related so much to so many things that Kiersey shared. Did you? Another great reminder to treat ourselves more kindly. Why the heck is it so common not to? Stay in touch with Kiersey by going to kierseybassine.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at the pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. We need to cultivate patience in order to do that. One, become more aware of your feelings. Two, Learn how to better manage those feelings. Three, meditate. Four, the importance of empathy. I also love the idea of using the loving kindness meditation, and that's a great place to start. Of course, not giving yourself the self-care you need and deserve can lead to lots of cleanup. So take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz, which you can find at the pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And have you checked out the PBT Institute membership community? Imagine everything you'd ever need to become your physical, mental, emotional best. Community, support, certified coaches and practitioners that you could schedule time with. Daily classes on all kinds of interesting topics. Curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development. Imagine the most friendly, welcoming and supportive place to become your best all online. Nothing like this exists and I am so excited to welcome you. Go to the pbtinstitute.com forward slash join to learn more. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time and here's to your breakthrough.